When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. It's me, Delta Work, and welcome to the very first episode of Very Delta. That's right. I'll be taking over the podcast for a while and doing things the Delta way. We're talking about fragrances, Diet Coke, customer service grievances, and of course, everything that's, you know, very Delta. And the big exciting thing that we're doing with Very Delta is interviews. And today we have the totally funny and very gorgeous Samantha Hale on the podcast. We're going to be talking about comedy, drag, Palm Springs, everything that's very that and very Delta. M. Oh. M. Mom! Are you a lady like me? Introspective, beautiful. Oh, are you intellectual like me? Beguiled by a bargain? You like wild times? Oh, like me? Are you serving the community like me? Well, if you are, then you must be very Delta. Hi there, I'm Delta Work, and welcome to Very Delta. This is a podcast where I look gorgeous speak extemporaneously, and invite fascinating people to sit on the couch and tell me things. Very Delta is the podcast for the woman who likes six pumps of sugar-free vanilla in her latte. As you know, I've been co-hosting Very That with Raja for two years now, and we've been discussing drag moments, we've been see-something, we have been looking at pictures from drag days past and loving them and making fun of them, but Raja is off taking a little bit of a break, and so we are going to try something different, something that we've not done before, but we think that you are in need of. We are going to be interviewing people right here at Very Delta. So right here at Very Delta, as they say in the fragrance world, if you liked Very That, you will love Very Delta. So let's begin. It's the 4th of July. I mean, uh, you know, this is the time for barbecues. It's time to be outside. It's time to be around friends and family and go to Old Navy and buy uh, $5 t-shirts. And that's the type of the time of year that I hate. That is absolutely, this is when I shut down. This is when I do not need to be part of anything unless there's a barbecue. Because if there is a barbecue, I miss you. Um, If you're having a barbecue or you have a swimming pool, I miss you very much. And so I want to be invited to your home really just so I can like fix a plate, go swimming and then leave. Um, So if you are having something like that, you can send me a message. I would love to come visit you because I miss you so much this time of year. But the rest of the year, I don't miss you. Um, Fourth of July. I mean, come on. It's it's really it is about, yes, eating and it's supposed to be about uh, celebrating the land of the free and the home of the brave. But I mean, are we really free? And are we really brave or are we really just broken down (laughs) right around now and paying too much for gas and, um, you know, not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, which there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm absolutely sure. I don't know if it's a freight train coming at us or if it is hope, but um, I'm willing to gamble either way. I mean, it's, you know, um, 
it's you know election happening. It is we're talking about um, still COVID cases going up. It's stuff to be afraid of. It's stuff to not be afraid of. We really don't know which leg to stand on. So you walk into a room and you're like, do I need to put a mask on? Do I not need to put a mask on? Am I doing it for me? Are people shaming me? Am I on the airplane with a mask? Who knows? I just keep the mask wrapped around my wrist. I try to wear it as much as I can. Um, but sometimes you just are in a situation like this where, like, you know, obviously I'm here hired to model. Um, I'm a face model, if you did not know. And so I can't wear my mask. So I have to do this for my art. I have to take my mask off and um, risk my life um, in order to pay my rent. Um, so, you know, I, you might be in that same situation as well. And if you are, I send so much love to you, especially this time of year, um, when everyone is out and running around and talking to one another and breathing on one another, um, just stay vigilant, stay strong and model through it as they say, because that's all we really can do at this time. Um, with being outside, I feel like, you know, lately I've been driving around and it's like, uh, my temperature in the car will say that it's 74, but I can guarantee you it's 98 outside. Like I don't need science. I don't need whatever temperature gauge in my car to tell me or the one at the bank as you're driving along. I'm telling you right now it's 98 outside. I don't know where you are. It's 98. And whether you're inside or outside, AC, not AC, not AC you're boiling and um, I just recently, because um, I still do obviously cabaret shows, that's what I do. And sometimes I do brunch shows. And so I just recently did two seatings at my normal place where I work at Hamburger Mary's. And I had to put on my makeup three different times because we had a 1045 seating, a one o'clock seating, and then I had my night show. And the brows were just melting off. And that's why sometimes I will like block my brows out with glue and sometimes I'll just use my own. It just depends on my mood. Um, but, you know, the heat will really, really get to me and has been getting to me. It makes so, you know, talk to me nice if you see me. Talk to me nice because um, I'm not feeling it and I'm not having it. The heat does, it just does, you know, I don't want, I feel like I don't, I don't normally sweat on the outside. I feel like I sweat on the inside and that has to come out at some point. And thank God there's no more soup plantation because if I was there, I'm telling you, I'd be sweating all over. And if you are very that, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it will just come out, you know what I mean? Like soft serve. And I think that happens to you too. I think you, you feel my pain. You understand, um, because, you know, as models, we don't like to, uh, to show like when we're uncomfortable. So we have to sweat on the inside. And I think, you know what that's like, it's uncomfortable, but it is essentially, as they say, the way it is, that's just how it's going to be. That's just the way it is. So I says, so, you know, while I do absolutely love going out to a restaurant, people have asked, what's your, what do you cook? You know, what, what's the thing that you like to cook? And I always say, the best thing that I make for dinner is reservations because I don't, I like, I like, I like the idea of cooking. I think that's wonderful. And the idea of having the ingredients, but I'm that person that will like have in my mind what I have to buy. And then I'll go to the store and I'll forget one important thing. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're going out because I'm not going to make that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going back to the store. Do you know what I mean? So the meat's going to rot and all that. Um, but at this time of year, I do miss going to a family barbecue. But I have like, it's not just so much having the barbecue. Like there's, there, there's parameters for me. 
Like I have to, I want to be there for the barbecue, but I want to eat the barbecue inside. I don't want to eat it outside where everybody else is because it's too hot and there's flies and there's all that shit going on. I don't want to be around that. Although I know that's like sort of par for the course. That's like the fun is you're like roughing it. Like, oh, it's so like we're cooking outside. Like this time of year has finally come. And this time of year is when I start getting ready for Halloween. Do you know what I mean? Like all the stores are already putting their Halloween out. I'm ready for that because I'm, I have the body that's built for like the fall and winter. Like it's built for hibernation. So, but I do love, I do love barbecue foods. Like I love just like a hot dog covered in everything, like everything. Um, I love steak. I love shrimp. I love all that stuff on the skewers. But what I really love are all the side dishes. Like I don't have to have just um, like all the meats and stuff. Like I want macaroni salad and potato salad. Like I want it to be all, in fact, I want it to be so carb related that I want macaroni salad, potato salad, and pasta salad. Because pasta salad and macaroni salad are not really the same. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't need a fork because I want to eat all of them with Frito scoops. I want all of those things eat. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like there's no sense in doing more dishes. And also too, like, um, it's my way of saying like, I'm kind of vegetarian as a model. Like it's kind of vegetarian-y to do that and like not eat meat. Like I can just eat the sides, right? Like the, like the chips and all that kind of stuff. Like, cause I would like to say the meat in my family, it's interesting in my family, um, we will have steak and we will have like chicken and there's always the older ladies in my family that maybe are preparing this food will always say, we have to have the steak for the men. Like it's like the men, like men, oh, like only men eat red meat or something. Like there's sometimes that mentality, like they'll talk to each other and they'll be like, so I says, I says to her just like this. I says, I says, listen, I says, listen. And they'll say it over and over. I says, as if they're like building up to a story. I says, I says to her, we got to go get the meat for the men. I says to her just like that. And so we had to go get the meat. And that's what they do. Like the old timers in my family. So I says, so I says, so I says, but at a family barbecue. I absolutely do love all of those things. I actually like to eat the meat like as when it's cooking and someone's like, try this out. Is it ready? That's when I want to eat it. I don't want to eat it once it's already in the pan. You wouldn't think I would be that finicky of an eater like by looking at me, but I really am a bit finicky. Like I'm not going to complain at somebody else's house, but if it's like my shit, it needs to be a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Like if somebody invites me to their home, I'm going to eat their stuff and I'm not going to bitch about it. But I mean, if I have control over it, we're going to eat at a restaurant is what we're going to do. That's it. And with that said, let's take a break. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible or anime and under this mask is another mask (laughs) (laughs) you can discover your new favorites right here on the anime effect listen every friday wherever you get your podcast and watch full video episodes on crunchyroll or on the crunchyroll youtube channel
better is easy to do with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals. These never-frozen meals are chef-crafted and you can really taste the difference. Every week I have over 35 options to choose from. They have anything you're looking for, whether you're looking for something keto-friendly, calorie-smart, or even flexitarian. Each meal has no prep, no mess, and it's the perfect solution for fast premium options with no cooking required. This week I ordered jalapeno lime cheddar chicken and spicy cilantro cauliflower rice, and let me tell you, it was the perfect balance between spicy and savory. I can't believe that something so delicious only took me two minutes to heat up. Factors really changed my meal game, and I can't say enough great things about this company. Head to factormeals.com slash verydelta50 and use code verydelta50 to get 50% off. That's code verydelta50 at factormeals.com slash verydelta50 to get 50% off. And we are back. I'm so excited. This is obviously the very first episode. And when we decided to do this, I knew exactly who I needed here because she's not been a guest on just the audio podcast. um, And it was time. So please make welcome my very, very, very first guest, my good friend, actress, comedian, uh, producer, a little bit of everything, the one and only Samantha Hale. Oh my gosh, I'm your first. I'm going to brag about this on all the bathroom stalls. (laughs) So Samantha and I have known each other for, uh, I don't know, close to 10 years, maybe at least a decade. Why am I picturing the Titanic woman? It's been 84 years. It has. has. Well, it feels like 80. Well, the the past two years have felt like 84 years. (sighs) True. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say a good eight years. Yeah. So we go all the way back to, um, well, we used to work uh, when we were in Palm Springs. That's when we sort of got our momentum going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would definitely say so because I would come up just about every weekend to hang out because I just loved it. I just, it was, I was new to drag and to meeting people and it was just, it was such, it was my favorite day of the week. Yeah. And at that time we would do um, Tommy Rose and the Playgirls. Right. And then it sort of broke off into this thing called Mix Sundays, which was like Morgan McMichaels was host tonight. And then there was um, First Sundays or May Day as we would call it. And that would be Mayhem Miller's night. Right. So there was a little bit of a different flavor each, each week. Um, and then we we would stay in Palm Springs sometimes. Mm-hmm. We would go to the casino buffet that's uh, no longer there the anymore. Casi- what? Yeah, the buffet is not there <gasps> anymore. I know. That's it. Burn Palm Springs down. That's what I say. What? I have no need for it. Well, yeah. That was my favorite part was the buffet. <laughs> Do you remember we would go to the, the little station and you could like make your own pasta? Oh, yeah. And we would all make our own pasta, but then nobody would really eat it? Nope. We would be like, oh, this is going to be the one. Take one bite, not eat it. Not the one. And then get up and make the same goddamn thing again. Mm-hmm. Right. Thinking it was going to be different. Uh-huh. And then go over to the ice cream bar. Right. For that sure. Was the best. For sure. Oh, the dessert. Now, people, if you if you heard who I'm announcing, my friend Samantha Hill, you might be familiar with her name. You are part of a uh, of, of Hollywood royalty. Because of your grandfather, yes? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. How many people can say they have a box set of their grandfather on right. a sitcom from 1964? Right. Samantha's grandfather is Alan Hale from Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Island. Yeah. Tell us about um, about that and how that shaped your interest in being in show business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I grew up not really knowing that my grandfather was this kind of cult 
icon figure. I didn't really, re- that was just my Papa Alan, right. you know? And he looked, my dad looked just like him too, which is really cool. Well, you look just like him. Thank I mean. you. I mean, I, I actually, I have a joke about that. I get that a lot. But I don't know. I think I'm a little, I look more like Marianne, right? Maybe a little bit. I'm trying to give myself that compliment. Okay, she got real quiet. That was awkward. Can we cut? <laughs> well, no, that, and that leads into the question. If you were on Gilligan's Island, yeah, uh, who, who would you who would you be like if, uh, based on those characters? Who do you think you align with the most? Can you believe no one's ever actually asked me that before? Really? No one's asked me that before. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to say I'm glamorous, like Ginger, but I'm I'm not. I'm pretty. I think you're glamorous. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we do. It's like, so P, P, you may think that you're not glamorous because you don't go through all those steps you know, just to go outside. But True. when you get ready for your shows, because you do so many, you do stand-up comedy, you have like your special that's on Amazon. Right. You have um, a, a lot of different things that you have to do. So you have to go through all of your rituals as well. Like you obviously went through your rituals today. was just commenting on your, your outfit. But, you know, you have to glam up for stuff. Very true. Very, very true. I think maybe it's just because I personally have such a deep attachment to Don Wells. She's one of my favorite people right. on the planet ever. Right. She, we met and we just adopted each other instantly. Mm-hmm. And she, I think she and my grandfather were particularly close. So I just, I'm so, I love Marianne so yeah. much. And my very first show that I ever did ever, this was gosh, 13 years ago. Um, she came and sat in the front row. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and she's like, don't tell anyone I'm here. I'm like, Don, they see you. <laughs> like, they know you're here. Well, that's what I tell you all the time when I see you. I'm like, don't tell anyone I'm here. I don't want anyone to, like, you know, rush the stage because I'm <laughs> sitting out here. Um, but they do anyway. They they don't anyway. Um, <laughs> so if you were, okay, so 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 Don Wells. Yes. You know, so, so Ginger, I mean, sorry, Marianne. Um, but if you were on the island, any island, say you were stuck by yourself, what what would be, like, three things you would take with you? Oh my goodness. I would have to have some sort of music. I would need something to listen to to help me pass the time. Um, I would have to, can I take my dog? You can take, that, I that's take my dog. three things. Yeah. You can I know. Take- I have two dogs, so that counts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I could not live my life without music or animals. Mm-hmm. And Disney, I'd have to take some sort of a Disney movie. Can I do that? <laughs> Well, you could take the movie, but you'd have nothing to play it on. Ah, technicalities. I'll just stare at the cover and just imagine it. You could take a drag queen with you and then have the drag queen perform a Disney number. You've seen plenty of those. Oh, and you know, I am particularly fond of Snow White, so I guess you're coming with me. I'm going to have to. Delta does the best. Have you guys seen her Snow White? It's the greatest thing you'll ever see. Thanks. When you whistle while you twerk, is that That, what it is? That's in there. Yeah, that's in there. Oh, it's everything. It's everything. Well, you know, I mean, like being here in Southern California, because we are so close to Disneyland, everybody does Disney numbers. So they can be like sexy or they can be funny or they could be like a a dead on cosplay, which, you know, because you've been around the Dreamgirls for so long, you've you've done a lot of your sets at the Dreamgirls shows. Um, you've witnessed all of that. So you've watched because they're so leveled in, in different types of performers. You've seen people, um, like Chad do a dead on cosplay of something and then someone else sort of interpret it in a funny way. So, you know, and, and so with that said, like, because you have opened so many of the shows or, you know, there's been times as uh, well, you know, but people don't know where there's just like an emergency in the show. And we're like, what are we going to do? And Samantha has been there to just jump in and go, I'll just go do a set. We'll figure it out. I'll buy you time. Yeah. And you have yeah. done that a million times. How uh, does doing shows with drag queens sort of play into comedy writing? Ooh, great question. I think 
So doing opening drag shows, especially when they're not expecting a comedian and especially when they're not expecting, um, you know, a straight woman to come out and be on the microphone. It's just, mm -hmm. wait, what's happening? You have to be so confident and so strong. I grew as a comic 800 million percent by opening those shows. Right. And I think also being around you and Morgan and Mariah Balenciaga, you all kind of kicked my butt in the best way of... I, I, I don't want to say I picked up on the, the sarcasm and the kind of, but I really love that we show affection by roasting each other. Right. It's kind of a roast culture. Right. So my writing got a little edgier, a little sharper, mm -hmm. a little, I graduated from being kind of a people pleaser every woman where I wanted to make everyone happy in my material to, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to push it a little further. Right. You know, I've, I've opened in front of a, a room full of men who did not want me on the microphone and I survived. Do you think I'm afraid of you? Let's go. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, because of what you're saying, you know, we, people, that whole reading culture, yeah. you know, we, hear, we see that on Drag Race when people say, the library is always open. Well, well it is always open, but it's not for everyone. Not no, everyone has no. admission. Do you know what I mean? Correct. So, yeah. like, what, what we do with one-on-one -on -one is is one thing. But then when a stranger comes in and thinks they're going to jump into it, it's like, it gets no, awkward. hold up. Yeah. Yeah, it's not funny. We don't have that relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. And people have tried that with me. And I, that's, I don't know you. Right. You know? I find it interesting because you have worked, uh, we've known each other for a long time and we've known each other in, in the capacity professionally where we're both earning a check at the exact same time in the same capacity and also as friends right. and also as my confidant. And, and, and for both of us, when we've experienced loss or we've experienced um, situations where we didn't know that it was going to go that way or it was going to develop that way. And because of that, um, uh, it's interesting to see how, Others will look at certain people. So if you're helping me do something, say, as my friend, mm -hmm. people will say, like, oh, oh, talk to your assistant over there. Uh. And I'm like, well, that's not my assistant. That's my friend. Right. And they're like, but what? But, but this is a straight girl here. Right. Right. And there is that dynamic that happens. Is there not? Yes, absolutely. There is. They're kind of wondering, well, what is your place in this scenario? Are you, well, you must be an assistant, right? And if you're backstage and you're helping someone get dressed or you're, you know, grabbing a drink from the bar or whatnot. Um, and that, I mean, it did become kind of an ongoing joke of, you know, like the Sam Sistent or whatnot. Right, right. And it was kind of funny at first, but then it became like, you know what? These are people who I consider uh, friends and peers and people in my life. And it's not I, family. And family. Yeah. And absolutely, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because the thing with family is that, so yes, I'm, I'm a straight woman. Uh, yes. But when it comes to chosen family, they are everything to me. They are my, my chosen, I'm going to like tear up. My chosen family is my entire life. Right. My, both my parents have passed. I changed. Everything's different after that. My other family, I have some, like some aunts and uncles, but they don't really talk to me or we just don't connect. Mm -hmm. um, so when I say chosen family, when I say that is, that is my sister, I mean it. Right. I'm not being dramatic. I'm not trying to fit in. When I say this is my chosen family, I mean it. Right. No, I know that to be true. I mean, uh, you know, 
I think a lot of people, because they they feel marginalized or they feel um, sort of left out of something, they may think like, well, I'm I'm the plus of the LGBT, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. I'm the I'm the A. But you really do put your your uh, money where your mouth is because I've I've witnessed Samantha in situations where we've been, you know, traveling to a gig or we've been somewhere where people are being mouthy or are being degrading towards queer people. And and you have stepped forward in the face of that and said, this isn't cool and used your position as sort of that bridge. I, I have a hard time describing what it is, but it's this like, if we're in a group and we're around a bunch of rednecks or something, you would be that sort of bridge for them to go, okay, well, we'll talk to her because she's not like the them and they're freaks or whatever. But they don't realize that you, you're waving your freak flag as well. Oh, completely. All day long. 100%. Right? I mean, I feel like that I, I know that to be true. And I know that n- not everyone that says that they're an ally just because they're friends with a queer person yeah. really means that they're an ally. Oh, but I have a gay that. friend. Oh, oh, great. Right. That's great. But there are a lot of really wonderful people out there. So one, and you're bragging about it? Right. (laughs) Why are you making a big deal about it? It should just be like, that's just my friend. Totally. It doesn't matter how they identify, that's my friend. Well, that's how you've always been, I I believe. Let's take a little break. And we are back with our extra special guest, Samantha Hale. Extra yes. special. Extra, Ooh. extra. That You have to build it up that way. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Ex- if you say extra, then they know they need to pay attention. Yeah, they do. Right, right. Now, you have a comedy special called Only Hap. Oh, it, I'm Only Hap. Only it's hap- the longest title oh. ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, every time that someone's like, how do you want me to bring you up? I'm like, oh, you can mention my special, Only Happy When It's Raining Men. And they look at me like, oh, God, I have to write that down. <laughs> So that's the name. Only happy when it's raining men. Only happy when it's raining men. Mm-hmm. Which combines two, if not three, of your favorite things or things that are important to you. Music. Yep. Rain sort of denotes like something dark and I'm mysterious. kind of a moody kid. Yes, yeah. you are because you love horror. Oh, I do. And drag queens. Um, mm-hmm. How long does it take to prepare for something like that, a special like that? For the album? So I wrote it. I mean, it's like I'm actually preparing another album now. Um, I have been working on it for a little while. I just a month ago started really trying to shape it to time out how much do I realistically have? Mm -hmm. What's my A material? What's my B material? Um, And I got a recording date, which I'm very excited about, October 21st at the Hollywood Improv. I'm recording. But like it's only June now and I'm already prepping and trying to get my butt together. Sure. You know. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And uh but so basically I would just I wrote out my hour and fifteen minutes, put it all together, and then I learned it in like 15, 20 minute chunks. Yeah. And then cause because it's like it's hard to get a full hour unless you're a big name, you know. If you right. travel and you go out of out of the out of Los Angeles, yeah, absolutely. But in LA, I was just I would workshop 20 minutes at a time. Well, you uh so uh I don't is co-producing or producing the 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 fair term for the show that you do in Brea as well as Oxnard? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so it worked out so great that, so I had been working on the Ross Matthews Bubbly Brunch and we were doing it in Oxnard at Oxnard Levity, which is mm -hmm. a huge comedy club. So I kind of got to know management a bit. And also I worked there as a comedian as well. And um, one of the managers one day, he was like, hey, we really want to bring in a night show on a Wednesday to try to get some people in our Copper Blues location, which is more like their music venue that's okay. attached to the improv. So would you like to do it with us? Would you mm -hmm. like to bring in the talent and, and then run it? So absolutely. Yeah. And it's been going so well. Yeah. Um, I particularly love Oxnard because there is such a wonderful, passionate community out there. And there's just not a lot for them to do out there. I, I see. There's... I don't there might be one queer space mm -hmm. in the entire county. I don't I don't know. Well, and it, it's such a good fit for you because, you know, we I talk all the time about the difference between compensation and facilitation. It's one thing to say to somebody, hey, I've got a great paying gig for you if you want to come do it. And you're like, oh, that sounds great. I want to go do it. But I always think about, well, what goes into this? Like, yeah. is there a dressing room? Oh, but, so much. <laughs> you know, but you, because you've been around all of us, you know all of our weird idiosyncrasies. Mm -hmm. And any of my close friends will know that, yes, maybe there are times when outwardly I, I, I will try to project that I'm like, oh, I just jump in wherever. I like whatever. I don't. <laughs> I don't just jump in wherever. I don't, I don't blame just like you. Whatever. But my friends know, like this is, and 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 will say, no, I'm. This is not going to be the fit for Delta. I'll just say right now, she's going to complain. <laughs> she's going to do what she does best. And all of our friends, you, Mariah, uh, you know, Davy, Jules, Morgan, anybody knows, and they'll say, oh, we're all going to go do it. But Delta's not coming because this is just not going to work for Delta. You right. know, everyone's sort of. Yeah. Intricacies, yeah. right? Yeah. You do. And that's why you're a good fit for that. I always say, um, I, I I generally don't like when um event drag events are produced by people who don't know anything about drag. Oh, it's but, the worst. But you know so much about drag. Yeah. And you'll walk into a space and go, they can't get ready in here. That, what do you think this was? Yeah. Or, you know, anything like that. There's no there's nowhere to plug in their mirror. There's nowhere right. to plug in a fan. There's you Something. expect four people in here? Are you nuts? Right. Oh yeah. And it must be a different world for comics because comics essentially got to come ready to go, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not going to sit down and say, I'm going to open up a train case of makeup. And, <laughs> and Right? I mean, right. So it's no. a different world, but they're similar worlds. They are so similar. Mm -hmm. And in what you've done with this drag show, even before this, um, you have always uh, been at the helm of getting drag queens on stage in stand-up comedy. I love it. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, so it, it started years back. Uh, my friend and I, Aiden Park, we were co-producing a show at the Laugh Factory. Mm -hmm. Well, it was originally his show and he brought me on as a co-producer because he says, hey, I think it'd be really cool if we had a drag queen host. So I just started calling people who I thought naturally love to be on the mic. Girls who like to host. Right. If you can host and you can be on that mic and you can do crowd work and you can talk to people and crack jokes, then you can probably do stand up because mm -hmm. you've already kind of practiced it really right um but so girls who i knew would be into it and even some girls who maybe wanted to like push themselves and try sure. it you sure. know um like mayhem natural oh my god so great on a mic i knew right. that she would be incredible vicky vox incredible um Alusia. Alusia is the, yeah killing it Alusia is the one who i think really fell in love with stand-up yeah and um the the great thing is the other day um 
we ran into each other and she very, very genuine, genuinely and very sweetly said, you know, this is my five year anniversary of doing stand up and it's all your fault. Wow. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so you, you, you had, you've had so many people and, and the thing about what you've done uh, that's beautiful is not focused on, I'm going to bring drag race girls exclusively into this. You brought drag talent. Right. And that's something that really matters because it is grassroots. It is something that, uh, because it's something that you're passionate about, you want other people to try to share into that. That you've not only, you haven't just tried to source from people who have already had an opportunity. Yeah. And that means so much to me. Um, I mean, even though I have had the opportunity, obviously, to be on Drag Race, when you started this, you were like, hey, I've got a spot for you. And I was very honest with you and said, you know, I went, I left Drag Race in such a publicly sort of embarrassing way, which was going into a challenge that I thought, oh, I can do this so well. But then my constant overthinking of yeah. everything yeah. led to my detriment. And then you were like, I've got a spot for you. I still haven't had the nerve. And you've asked me like many times, hey, if you ever want to try it out, come on, I'll be with you. I'll make sure the people that are with you. And it's just one of those like yeah. final frontiers that I'm so, I'm just not able to grab your hand and do it, even though I know your hand is out. Always. I've just not, I've just not been able to do it. It's so scary. I don't know how you do it. It is I really scary. Don't. It's, it's, it's not normal. It's not healthy what we do basically we're going into a room full of strangers hey i'm going to tell you my most intimate intimate dark secrets right. weird things about fears you know embarrassment embarrassing stories whatever and if you don't laugh at me i'm going to hate myself right. it's not normal what right. we do um and and trying to catch laughter on a specific punchline it's like trying to catch lightning in a bottle right but when you catch it it's the best high you'll ever get i bet yeah. I bet. I was sitting here, um, this is totally separate, but I was sitting here looking at these bottles of perfume because you know it's my favorite thing. And um, I realized that I have a perfume that you like to wear Obsessed. here. Yeah, this is um, this is Gardenia by Elizabeth Taylor. And it's not for everyone unless you really like floral. It's yeah. it's very pleasing. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, if you had your own perfume, because I know you do like fragrance and cosmetics, what would go into your your favorite perfume? Aside from what's in here, what would be like a scent that you would like to, or a feeling you'd like to evoke? So I am a Halloween type of a girl. Yes, I'm a are. fall baby. Everything horror, everything about the way the fall, the air smells and the light changes and the leaves turn. I think if I had a perfume, it would be like a kind of a woodsy, peppery mm -hmm. with vanilla. It would be like like feminine, but also kind of, I don't know, that fall spice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a, a, a perfume um, that Mac, Mac Cosmetics used to put out, Shade Scents, and they were mm. perfumes that were uh, created after a color of lipstick. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they had one called Velvet Teddy, and that's like a like a, like a um, a creamy, beigey lipstick. Yeah. And um, the scent is like, it's like woodsy. It's very fall, but then there's like this marshmallowy, vanilla-y all over it. That's... I have to get you a bottle of it. You will love Please it. Please do. I have to. I have to. You will love it. Yeah. You know, you listen, because we we will talk when we sit down and like we will... Forever. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I feel like some of the best times that we had were like sitting on the patio at Toucan's when, you know, in Palm Springs, it would be midnight. Mm -hmm. It would still... It would be hot... Oh, yeah. But not, but but not, but because there wasn't any sun on you, everyone felt sultry, and everyone was like drinking something fruity and pretty. Yeah. And 
that was like some of the best times. Like, I don't feel like I can get those exact times back because that space has changed. I know. And the people that were in that space no longer exist the way that they once did. We've all changed. We've all changed. But I knew uh, coming into today specifically, when when I got to sit down like sort of with a wish list of people, and there was a few people, honestly... Uh, you know, for the amount of days that we were thinking that we might do something like this, I didn't necessarily have like every every day where I was like, oh, there's so many people. But I remember saying, and 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 I was with Davey, and I was like, Samantha Hill has to be there because it's somebody that I definitely wanted to reconnect with yeah. in this space um, and not being a braggy thing or whatever, but somebody that would be excited for me. Yes, 100%. You know, I feel like what we do, uh, because what we do is similar different but similar um we are able to um you're somebody and I would hope to be the same person that isn't afraid of mentioning each other's names in a room full of opportunities no yeah I love that so I feel like right I feel like I'm around a lot of people that I love to death and I know love me but they don't necessarily know exactly um they don't they don't they're afraid I think sometimes of of there being opportunities that they don't get first yeah you know what I mean yeah and it's okay if you're if the opportunity is meant for you it's meant for you we both had a lot of things taken away from us and a lot of stuff dangled like a carrot in front of a a horse Mm. oh I want it I want it I want it and then people are like I know you want it but you're not going to get it Mm. and we know what that feels like so thank you for being here with because Thank this you. is what I wanted. Yeah. Thank you. I know yeah. that's selfish. This is what I this wanted. Is, this is for me. You better goddamn show up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. We are back with Samantha Hale. Um, I was going to ask you um, about your lipstick because you know I love lipstick. In fact, I I have to apologize to you. See, today I was supposed to be wearing Chili Lipstick by MAC, the color Chili, and I forgot it. So I'm wearing my signature color, which is Chatterbox by MAC. Um, But because I talk so much, the corners of my mouth are constantly gone. Hence Chatterbox. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Did you just put that together? I just put, I did not, oh. see if you and I swear to God, I did not know that. I did not even think that. My lips, uh, I promise you, I'm not even like being, a, thank goodness I'm not you even keep being me a dickhead. Around. Like I really <laughs> did not put that together. But this is my signature color. And um, I want to know about your lipstick because I've been staring at you this whole time and it's so pretty. It's is it shame. okay? I it's kind gorgeous. of blended a couple things because I changed my mind at the last minute. Uh-huh. I just put on. A what is oh gosh it's the Mac it's a it's a lip gloss but it's very thick it's very shiny I forget what it's like called. lip glass yes uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. I put that on and then I thought to myself oh goodness well I'm going to be on camera I won't have any color my lips will just look flat so mm. let me just put on this ooh I found this kind of uh, rose pink it's a Sephora I think it's called like rose something rose um, just like a, a matte lipstick or mm-hmm. a lip lip I guess if it's not a stick it's what is it called. Well, it could be a lip tar. It could be a lip Not glass, tar. a gloss. It could be a yeah. It's like a gloss. Oh, what like do a they matte call gloss. them? Like a, a, a liquid lipstick. Yes, liquid. That's lipstick. it. You can tell I'm very into. Well, I look how long it took me to get there. <laughs> I know. I just blended the two and hope for the best. That's what I always do. <laughs> I feel I like you know. I also too feel like when with when it comes to makeup, like um, 
it's nice to have name brand stuff, but it's also nice to be like given those things. Yeah. Because kind of, I hate to say it, but like the industry that we're in, sometimes we just get like, you know, you'll be somewhere where someone's like, oh, I have a new product. Try it out. And it's your way of like not wasting your money on things that maybe you're not sure if you like. And I'm telling you, I can find the, I can find the exact same thing. I feel like in a department, I mean, not in a department, from a department store in a like, like a CVS or something. Yeah. You can get the You products. probably can. Yeah. It just doesn't have the name and the picture on it. And it doesn't have the pretty packaging, which yeah. we love. I just wait till things go on sale. And then yes. I'm like, well, I'll try it. It's $5. I wound up buying a ton of Kat Von D lip stains uh-huh. that way. And I get compliments all the time. Yeah. And they were five bucks. It was, it, you know what? It was when lockdown was first happening. So uh-huh. they figured, well, we're all, we're all going to wear masks. No one's going to buy this stuff. Right. $5 for everything. Right. And I just bought a ton of it. Do you ever wear yeah. bright red lipstick? I do when I'm in the mood, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What's the mood? The mood is I'm not I'm not messing around today. Yeah. 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 And you it's, know what? If it smears, I'll fix it because I will make an effort today. Yeah. Sometimes you have to like sometimes you have to just like kind of let people know like what they're dealing with. So like uh, yeah. a shoulder pad lets people know, like, I'm serious about it today. Uh-huh. 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 And if you take it out, you might look a little bit like a pushover. Right. A red lipstick. See, this is the perfect lipstick because this is like comfortable. It's like comfortable and friendly. Sophisticated yeah. and glamorous. And that's yeah. I always think of you as that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we like to do uh, on our podcast is answer emails from people. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. this. Okay. And I love to uh, read letters from listeners and respond to them on the podcast. So we're going to continue to do that um, on, on Very Delta, what we used to do on Very That. And I recently got a new computer with this new thing called email. Oh, yeah. I, listen, fancy. I'm moving up. Um, and so I got some letters. This To your AOL though, account? I like them from snail mail. <laughs> so I like, that's what they call it, snail mail. So I'm going to read the first one. Of course, my letter opener is not here, which, you know, is bothersome. They? I know. I really wanted to call lunch because I knew that I didn't have a letter I opener. I can't work like this. So we're going to open the first letter. And we're going to read it together. And then oh. we're going to, well, we're going to, I'm going to read it and we're going to answer it a together. A lot of thought went into that. You know, I'm a lady of a certain age, so my, my vision isn't exactly I'm just right behind what you. it Are once you was. Me? Dear Delta, I came out later in life, 25, and turned 31 in May. Last year, I ended a two-year relationship with my ex-boyfriend where we shared our apartment and a dog. I'm trying to move forward. I've been going out more, but I find myself not being comfortable or approachable when I'm in gay spaces, resulting in me having mainly female friends, and I'm envious of other gay men who are surrounded by fellow queer peers. Uh, That being said, I find the gay groups I've been exposed to be to exposed to to be generally dramatic and petty. Am I projecting? Am I wrestling with internalized homophobia? Ooh. Um, what advice do you have for me to let loose and put myself out there? Yours in whole, Hayden. Yours in whole. Yeah, H O L E. Well done, Hayden. Wow, <laughs> I like that. Wow, that's an interesting. Now, how wait, how old did, did Hayden say? Um, were? So he was twenty five when he came out, and he just turned thirty one in May. Mm, so young. Well, you know, I feel like um, it must be difficult to be thirty one today because yeah. I, I mean, I was thirty one. Oh my gosh, 15 years ago, things were so different, right? right. I mean, um, so I, I don't know. I, I do feel like it probably is easy for all of us to project ourselves on other pe- onto other people. Yeah. I think that happens. But um, what I don't know. What do you think? I mean, how, how, how would this person... 
Well, you know what was interesting is I just today had a, a message sent to me on Facebook. It was um, a gay man who I have not, I've met maybe once in person mm -hmm. and we've maybe exchanged messages three times over the past five years. I don't really know him. Were there he, nudes? Obviously. Okay. <laughs> Why else would I talk to him? Uh -huh. um, he, I saw him, I ran into him at a concert. Apparently, I was told I ran into him at a concert. I promise I did not see him. I didn't put it together that it was him. And he wrote me this message saying, I'm really sad that you didn't even say hi to me. Mm. And other people didn't either. And I felt invisible. And I just wanted to crawl into a hole. And my whole thing was like, babe, only you can make you feel invisible. Mm -hmm. It's easier said than done. I under, When I was in my 20s, I was fragile and emotional and I wanted everyone to like me and I cared so much about what everybody thought. But I didn't really own up to the fact that I've got to love me first. And if mm. I can figure out who I am, then what other people think, it's not as big of a deal. I don't want anything from them. Hey, if we're here and if we can be friends, great. So maybe... It's hard to to approach a new group of people when you're already assuming that they're not going to like you. Right. Maybe give them a chance. Right. Or be okay with this isn't my group. This isn't my clique. That's all mm -hmm. right. I'll find another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. I think we all, um, wh whether it's, uh, you know, in friendships or in relationships, you see something that you ideally want. Yeah. And there are many times, especially... Listen, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to like say, you know, at a certain age, this or that or the other. But at, at 31, just coming out of your 20s into the your 30s, where people think yeah. you're more responsible and you're going to be more this way or that way, we see what we want and we see who we want, and we think, "Well, I just need to be like them." Right. And what happens is you lose yourself. Right. Because you're trying to be like them. Exactly. I think we've, we, maybe all of us, I, I mean, all of us. I, I can remember in, in my years doing that, thinking, well, I, in order to be around this group of people, I just need to be more rock and roll, or I need to be more, um, more serious about things, or I need to um, dress more like baseball caps. And, right. And, and it's like, no, because then they're only going to love you for the fact that you know where to shop. Right. Uh, they're not going to love you for who you really are. And you you, yeah. you know, your group of friends that is really, really knows you, um, that, that are really important to you and you're important to them, you're all going to look so different and act yeah. so different because you're going to be right. like, we're just us. We're just doing what we do. Right. Yeah. We really are just us. Yeah. And, and also too, I mean, there are people that also get caught up in the idea of, I'm just trying to be me, they say it. So then they try to do this sort of irreverent thing that they're not. Yeah. In this way of being me. Yeah. It's so tough. We've all done that. Especially because I didn't really start figuring out, oh, God, I have no idea what I'm doing or who I am until I was 28, 29. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of normal. And then you turn 30, 31, and you start to really try to put into practice of, wait, how do I really feel about things? And you know what? Maybe I don't want to do this, and that's okay. Right. Oh, you know what? Maybe these people, I'm trying too hard. Why am I trying so hard? Right. Why do I need that? I don't even know that person. Why do I need their approval? Right. You know? It's you know we everybody everybody wants obviously to belong to something 
and everybody wants to feel validated and everybody mm-hmm. wants to feel important. We all deserve those things. But just as you said, it's like you 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 do lose yourself in, in yeah. doing too much of that, especially when you're thinking, well, oh, they don't like me because of this. They don't like me because of that. Mm-hmm. I've done all of that. I continue right. to do that. I think I will continue yeah. to do that till the day I die yeah. because I want to be, you know, what, what's important to me is for people to know that I live authentically and that I do, um, I do, I do just want what's due to me. Like, I feel like if I put it out there, I want what I'm going to get. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen every yeah. time. You can live as authentically as you want, but nobody, there are people out there that don't like someone who is too proud or is too free. Yeah. There are people that just don't like it and they're going to take every opportunity because they don't feel, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. We have another letter. Yeah. Um, and because but I'm, you're going to be okay, Hayden. You really are. Just don't give away your power. Well, Yeah. I think that's true. Whoever yeah. wrote this letter, by the way, they really have a lot of aggression because I can feel the pen that went all the way through. You know when you have like a pad, <laughs> yeah, you tear and you're it like, off, and you can just take a pencil and go like that and read everything they wrote? Oh, yeah. Okay, listen, you're much younger than oh, me gosh. and you have better eyes. Do you want to read it? Actually, I was just noticing how beautiful your eyes are. Thank you. These, these contacts will pop out in 45 minutes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Hi, Delta. I have been having a particularly hard time in life. I put my dog down. I'm unemployed and my mom and partner both lost their jobs. My mom due to disability all within a span of weeks. I have a bachelor's and a law degree at 33, but haven't passed the bar yet and find myself applying to Applebee's and food jobs instead as I can't find work accommodating to the needs of me taking care of my mom. Um, I find it degrading and hard to do, but since we need money, I need to put pride aside, but I am finding that but I'm finding that extremely difficult. My question is, as a drag queen, adversity is the name of the game. How do you find the strength to keep strong and more importantly, keep your self-esteem and sense of self-worth in the face of sheer and absolute adversity? Much love to you, Justice Supreme. Mm. I mean, you listen, there first of all, there's no shame in hard work. None. There is no shame in any job. I will tell you that I am a firm, a firm fucking believer that when I go to a drag show somewhere, even though my name is on the marquee, my job is to sell beer. Mm. That's it. <laughs> I'm not there to do anything else because I will not return unless enough beer was sold. That's it. Yeah. I don't care how many crystals are on your shoes. I don't care how pretty you are. I don't care about any of that. The reality is that you are part of a machine. So the people that serve cocktails, the people that provide security, Mm -hmm. the people that clean up vomit, and the people that dance around on stage to uh, any song are just part of a machine. Yeah. So I do that. And I very often take, just recently I, I did a gig, and this this definitely plays into this letter. I recently did a gig where I was working for a very big cosmetic company. This was like two days ago. A very big cosmetic company where I was going to be their ambassador at various influencers' homes. So they sent me there to surprise them. Oh, wow. And they would go, oh my gosh, there's a drag queen here. I wonder what they're here for. Oh, wow. And I was there to say, hey. I'm here to present you with this amazing product. And I saw the list of people and a name popped up as one of my very first deliveries. I was in a black car service. It was wonderful. It was the easiest work. But I saw the first name that popped up and I thought, I can't take it to their home because I had a pre-existing 
friendship slash relationship with that person. Oh. And that mm. person is known mm-hmm. in the same circle that I'm known in, in um, mm-hmm. as somebody who will make things very uncomfortable for other drag queens. So I knew what was coming. Mm. I knew the tweet was coming was, guess who showed up at my door as the Avon lady? Oh, no. Guess who showed up delivering makeup to the girls because they couldn't get another gig? And even though that's not how I felt, because I was getting paid extremely well to do this, I knew this person would take the opportunity to make me look like what I was doing was somehow less. Like when someone tells a flight attendant, you're just a waitress in the air. When they say something like that, and it's like, that's just, serving is just part, their job is to make you safe. Right. So I knew this was happening. So so when this person says, you know, taking these gigs, these jobs, you know, it feels a little bit degrading. I think we're in the same boat. Um, we want to provide for our families. Right. And we want to make sure that every opportunity that's out there that served to us, if it makes sense for us, mm-hmm. we just have to take that work. Mm-hmm. And there's, I understand that you're overqualified for that job. But you are just enough qualified to keep taking care of your family. And that is the pride. That right. is the dignity. The, you, you would find yourself embarrassed and feeling bad if you weren't providing, if you weren't helping. Because right. you're doing it because you want to, clearly. Right. Or you feel you feel compelled to do it. Um, I know what that feels like. And you know, too, what that feels like. I point at you. You know. Mm-hmm. You goddamn know. You know what it feels like when... As a comedian, I'm sure there are other comics that you've looked up to that may, maybe you don't know them personally, but they may have originally looked down at like, what are you opening for drag queens for? (laughs) That's not the right way. Right. And even though you don't really care about their opinion, it can get out there because we live in a social media world where other people start to sort of look down on you in a way when they don't realize the circumstances. Absolutely. And the fact that this person would make that tweet about you, what do they have to prove to themselves? Right. Why right. are they so miserable that they have to to laugh at someone else who is perfectly having a great time doing right. that job? Why did you make that assumption? P- sometimes people who have everything, nothing's ever enough, and they're the most miserable people right. you'll ever meet. But um, as far as waiting tables, I did it for 13 yes, years. Yes, you did. And you know what? I got a half an album out of that. The material that I got from just things people would say to me, um, I'm not embarrassed about it at all. I would have kept doing it, except I'm old and my back gave out, so Damn. I physically can't. But I did have a, my back went out at the restaurant. Workman's comp, that was great. Um, but did you wear those thick-soled shoes? Oh, God, yeah. The the six, thick, <laughs> sick, thick, thick-soled shoes, the brown vest, the, the button-down, and they were like, you're going to look hip. I'm like, I look like I park cars at a Denny's. What are you doing? This is insane. Right. Um, but I I did have a moment where I had the similar experience that you just mentioned. I had to wait on someone who I went to high school with, which is not that bad, except for the fact that that person is America Ferrera. That killed Damn. me. Damn. Yeah, it killed me a little bit. Damn. I mean, would you like some more bread person who was younger than me in high school? It killed me. It right. really did. Now I look back at it, I think it's hilarious. Right. I can laugh about it. I look don't at care. you. You're in the valley with a model right now. <laughs> we're fucking filming, girl. We're right? we're, listen, we're wearing three bottles of perfume. Right? America I Ferreira. Mean, who? who? Wait, you went to school with America Ferreira? Yeah. We were in the drama club together. Was she dramatic? 
<laughs> no, she was cool. The only thing is, is that I think of her as Georgina. She was always Georgina to us. Right. And then one day this big manager came in and was like, oh, if you all pay $300 to take my class, I'm going to make you famous. And her and one other girl took it. Nothing happened to the other girl. But her, Georgina, um, we were rehearsing Romeo and Juliet in a garage when she mm-hmm. got the phone call that she landed her big Disney movie, her first like big movie. Right. Yeah. And then I've seen her a couple times since then. But. Did you ever uh, do one of those like um, uh, like Barbizon modeling in the mall? Did oh, you ever do? I begged my mom to, but mm-hmm. they luckily they couldn't. They're like, no, I can't take time off of work or I can't afford it. Right. So I actually used to kind of resent them a little bit for that. Now right. I think about it. I'm like, oh, thank God you didn't get scammed out of that right. money. You could model still, don't you think? Uh, thank you so much. Right. It's dress later. week at Ross. Hello. <laughs> like, I mean. I love Ross. I love Ross. Do you know too. what I love to do? I love to text Delta from Ross dressing less and be like, oh my God, this, this, this stall actually has a hook and it closes. Right. Oh my God. This I is- don't understand why at Ross there's the, um, <laughs> like sometimes you'll be in the candle section and there's body souffles in there that they're like little tins. Oh yeah. And I think they think that those are also candles, like travel tins or something. You're right. But yeah. they're not. They're not. Oh, Ross, we love you. We could go to Ross today, actually. Let's go. We could. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for Thank having you for, me. I mean, this is the very, like I said, this is the very first one. This is exactly, this is exactly what I'd hoped for. Yay! Now it's probably all going to go downhill after this. Everyone's <laughs> going to be horrible and not show You're up. You're all welcome. But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'll be here. I've got bottles of perfume to take care of me. Right. I've got all of it. Um. So I want to thank everyone for listening to Very Delta. Not very that, Very Delta, but Very Delta is very that. And a special hello to everyone watching the show on Mom Podcast YouTube channel. Very Delta comes out every Monday right here on the Very That Podcast feed on YouTube. And if you're new here, I'd love for you to subscribe to make sure that you do not miss an episode. If you'd like to send me a question, comment, or any type of communication, you can send me an email at readmedelta at gmail.com. <laughs> And, of course, you want to follow Samantha on all social media platforms. Where thinking, where, and where can we find you? At the Samantha Hale. At the Samantha Hale. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. Please. I thought it was at Samantha Hale because I was looking at some of my cards. And, like, you know how it autocorrects things when you're typing it? Yeah. It autocorrected to Samantha Hale. Hale? You're a Like heel. I'm a villain in a wrestling yes, show? Yes, that's you. I'll take it. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. You heal? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, heal. <laughs> um, and also, I would love to mention my horror nerd show. It's at the Hollywood Improv every third Friday of the month. Um, in July, we're actually doing July 29th, which is the fourth Friday scheduling. But um, July 29th, it is the Camp Crystal Lake edition. Nice. So we're making fun of all 80s horror films, particularly Jason Voorhees. Do you remember, um, oh gosh, what was the one? Night of Demons? Yes. Night of Demons. Where the girls like make, she's like, does my makeup look okay? (laughs) And she's going like that. And she's like, what are you looking at? Such a drag queen. I love, I love that. And then she like lifts up the skirt while she's buying a candy bar. Just ass out. Oh my God. That's a good one. Maybe. Yeah. We should have a movie night. Yeah, we should. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I love you. I love you. To listen to Very Delta one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Very Delta is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Delta Work and produced by Maxwell Esposito. Engineered by Margot Padilla and editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. (laughs) 